0: You know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? What do they call it? They call it a royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Okay, so there's two things that I think we could start the show by talking about. Okay. Number one, I have... Yes. I'll have some, like... Late Breaking Celebrity News.
1: Wow. Okay. Is it Taylor Swift? It's not Taylor Swift related. Then I'm okay with continuing on with that.
0: Or we could talk about what we want the subtitle of this episode to be. Okay. Because this is Grab Bag 2.
1: Electric Boogaloo.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Or is this like an opportunity for us? Like, you know how a lot of movies now, they don't put the sequel number.
1: Oh, is that out?
0: Yeah, it's out. Okay. So it's like, it would be something like... John Wick colon Parabellum, which was actually one of the names. Although I think John Wick actually does use the numbers in it, too. So it'll be like John Wick three colon. Oh, wow. I know. Weird. Really? But I'm thinking something like dramatic, like Battle Royale with Cheese presents Grab Bag Two colon Mm -hmm. Ascension or something like that.
1: Okay. I like that.
0: Would it any I feel thoughts? like there's
1: some sort of joke I could make about the colon you keep referencing and given that this is a food based podcast, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the uplifting nature of Ascension. I'm going to I'm going to okay. yes and that.
0: And then in bra- open parentheses, uh-huh. electric boogaloo close parentheses. Yes. OK. Uh, do you want to know the sad celebrity news? Yes. Literally, as I was walking into your place, I got a text alert from a friend saying Matthew Perry has died.
1: Whoa. Yeah, of drowning. Oh, my god! 54
0: years old. I don't know where to go from there other than like...
1: This is a very...
0: I'm watching you process this information in real time.
1: This gotcha journalism of yours, Brian, is really... (laughs) It's, it's a new.
0: Do you feel like an asshole for laughing and making japes at the top of this uh, episode?
1: Um, no, because I existed on in a plane in which Matthew Perry was still alive when I was saying that,
0: and I knew, and I was still joking around.
1: So I'm mad at you, but I don't feel bad. But I think I'm clean here.
0: Yeah. Well, if anything, I'm I'm honoring Matthew Perry's turn on Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, where okay. really comedy is about holding up a mirror to society, mm-hmm. and it's about and comedy truth. is
1: not about laughing.
0: No. Not on that it show, it's not. Show. No, it not. <laughs> no, it is not. No,
1: it is not. No. It's well, about
0: Sting being on at once and playing the lute. That's what I remember most vividly, actually.
1: Oh, uh, for a, a brief second, I pictured him in a lute costume. Like he was on playing a lute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was roll of lute. Sting could. He could do anything. Looks great. And he'd be tantric while he was doing it. Wow. <laughs> that's how he hits those notes. Absolutely. Well, I can't say... I loved how we started this, but I also can't say that I hated it. It's new. It's exciting. I feel yeah. on edge. Yeah. Which is, you know, new and exciting, as I already said. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any shocking celebrity gossip to offer you, but I do have an anecdote related somewhat to drowning. Um <laughs> We're just gonna go places yeah, okay, here, I think. Okay.
0: Sorry, rest in power, Matthew Perry. Yes, of
1: course. Rest in power. Um he just he just had a, that book come out and then he had to rewrite the book because of something he said about somebody, probably Taylor Swift. Probably. Anyway, this drowning anecdote. Um Georgia and I were blissfully falling asleep uh a few weeks ago, just you know, winding down. We had brushed our teeth, turned the TV off, you know, really getting ready for sleep. Mm-hmm. Was just silent. Mm-hmm. And she uh, decided that that was the right time to tell me about um, a relationship between a man and a dolphin um, that was romantic in nature. And then I think the authorities got involved and broke it up because it's illegal. Um,
0: Two houses, both alike in dignity. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. Uh, Real Capulets and uh, Montague situation. Um,
0: I got to watch your brain. Like turn really on to access that. that information. <laughs> yeah, I had
1: to go back to grade nine. Um, anyway, and after they were they split up, the the dolphin was so upset that uh, she drowned herself.
0: Oh my god! Oh my god!
1: <laughs> it's only funny because it is not funny. This is a comedy
0: podcast. <laughs> Nominally, we we're here to have a good time. What else can we talk about? But at what
1: expense? This is...
0: You know, sometimes real life is too powerful to ignore.
1: I really like how loose we're playing with the grab bag theme, you know? Grab on to any thought that comes into your head and go with it. Uh,
0: (laughs) That is heartbreaking. Yeah. Oh, my God. Poor Dolphin.
1: Yeah. Rest in power, Dolphin. Rest
0: in power, you sex-crazed perverts. Yeah. God. (laughs) Okay, well, welcome back to Battle Royale with Cheese. (laughs) Uh, nominally one of Vancouver's favorite food podcasts, favorite food and celebrity death and dolphin death, aquatic death. Yeah. I guess we could open it up, Mm -hmm. uh, podcast. Um, today we are honoring the memory of both unnamed dolphin and friends star Matthew Perry. Perry. Rest in power, both of you. But today we are coming off of our sizzling summer series. Thanks to everyone who made that a success. God, it feels so indecent to... (laughs) Talk about things. (laughs) We've really started this episode well.
1: You will be missed, Matthew Perry. Anyway, getting back to our Sizzling sizzling Summer summer Series. series. There's just no good way. (laughs) No. I'm sorry. It's okay. So,
0: (laughs) okay. So anyway, (laughs) welcome back to a food podcast. We're here to talk about (laughs) restaurants. We don't have a specific restaurant to talk about this time. So we're going to reach back into the grab bag, which is something we've done before when we've gone through a... A period of of solitude, a period of meaningful time apart, mm-hmm. but now we've come back together mm-hmm. to reconnect. Yes. And the way we're going to reconnect is by comparing notes on some of the more interesting food and dining experiences that we've had over the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And we're going to invite you uh, listeners to listen in. This is a great way to get a little snapshot of many different places around the city and, and indeed, perhaps internationally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to kind of lightning round it a little bit. But first we wanted to talk about, well, first of all, I'm sorry, I didn't even do the introduction. I'm one of your hosts, Brian. And joining me as always is Jill. <laughs> How are you doing today, Jill? <laughs> I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm all over the map. Um, you know, when you first pull this plane up a little bit, I feel like I'm (laughs) flying into a mountain right now. Um, you know what? Okay, fine. I will. There's something, you know, how much I love to just like wallow in the struggle. Um, I find nervous laughter to be my favorite type of laughter, but we can
0: get more uncomfortable here.
1: I guess we can pull up a bit. Um, let's pull up and pull back. To September, when you and I attended uh, a little beer festival called the Super Fisking Awesome Fest.
0: The Superflux. Yeah. Fisking Awesome Fest.
1: Yeah. And it was super.
0: It was super. You're right. And fisking. Well, that
1: I got fisked for sure. Oh, is it the Super Flux fucking awesome festival. festival? Yes. Okay. That's the, the the trademark title. Yes. Anyway, we went to that. Uh, it's the second one that they've done. Uh, we went last year to the inaugural one and we gave it many flowers in a full episode of its own right, mm-hmm. which it deserved. Yes, of course. Um, and so we couldn't not, uh, tip our caps, uh, raise our tall cans of superflux, which we are holding in our hands right now, color yep. and shape,
0: a classic, a classic, love the color and shape.
1: Um, and Yeah, maybe we could just spend a few minutes giving them uh, some flowers again for their uh, amazing, the Cabana Burgers. I mean, you had three. I know. I was going to say, like we said last year, like uh, in the episode about like they've obviously perfected uh, the um, the art of the beer festival. This is not their first one. (laughs) They've been to many, obviously. Uh, Again, I'll talk about how you don't have to pinch on one tiny little glass the whole night. You can get it. A normal size glass, uh, clean uh, and new with every beverage that you order. Um, and if they're serving amazing food, you don't have to get a ticket or wait in line. You can just stumble up to the, the plastic folding table and say, one amazing cheeseburger, please, that is the perfect elevated version of a McDonald's cheeseburger. And you can do that as many times as you want. And in my case, it was three times. Yes, it was. <laughs> but you did well. I did very well. And I also... I mean, I'll throw it over to you to talk about Party Pizza Worldwide.
0: Oh, shout outs to Party Pizza Worldwide as well. I mean, obviously, they were there year one as well, just like Superflex Cabana. We're big fans of Party Pizza Worldwide over here at Battle Royale with Cheese. In fact, it seems criminal that we haven't done an episode about them. More on that maybe one day soon, I mm-hmm. hope. But they are, th- this year, they weren't doing the uh, big Sicilian slices. They were doing like classic. Um,
1: Napoleta.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: No. Don't be sorry.
0: <laughs> I don't even uh <laughs> Buena See, <Sarah? laughs>
1: see. Si, si. <laughs> anyway. Principesha. Principesha pizza. Um you know what? Grab bags really taking me places. Yeah. Anyway, party pizza worldwide. Yeah, they went with uh naples style pizza
0: ah napoli
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so
0: they did two they did a margarita and uh what was it like a pistachio
1: yeah pistachio pesto Yeah, yeah
0: yeah it was great oh man their stuff is so good
1: um i need to give a million bonus points to graham for um so on the condiment section of the table they had like your standard i think he made his own ranch or some sort of white sauce which was so good but then chili flakes chili oil and then honey Having Ooh. honey as a grab, like, condiment within arm's reach when you have pizza is unbelievable. It's yeah. so clutch. I put it on every slice. I'm sure it's only supposed to be drizzled in the crust, but I <laughs> I slathered it on.
0: Hey, no one's coming to arrest you. Unless, Not yet. No, I don't hear any sirens. Mm-mm. I agree. I, I wonder if maybe that's going to, because hot honey is so big on pizza right now, I wonder if more and more pizza places are just going to make honey available. Or is Graham just a trendsetter?
1: I mean, I know that He's a tastemaker. Well,
0: obviously. Yeah. taste maker. tastemaker.
1: Yeah. What other well, highlights uh, would you say come to mind for that?
0: Uh, well, first of all, if you don't know about Superflux, I would say like the other thing that makes the fucking awesome vessel so fucking awesome is the, like you already said, the no tokens. All you can yeah. eat, all you can drink. It's so great. Uh, I had a great time trying and failing to get the servers to give me half pours because I was going out to dinner after that.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. And they didn't,
0: they just, every time I said, can I get a half pour? They just filled it back up to the line. Yeah. Uh, nice problem to have, I guess. Yeah. It was very fun and funny. And I asked like four or five times and it was just like, no, they wouldn't do it. And to be fair, like I could have, it was, it's, it's on me because I could have easily just drank half of the beer they poured. Right. No one was going to arrest me. If I did that, I would
1: have, I have called the cops though. They may not have come, but I would have called the cops.
0: citizens arrest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to waste any of the fun combo beers, but that's okay. There were some really interesting combos beers, too. Um, Teddy I, Bear's
1: Picnic, that peanut that, butter. Yeah, that was banana wild. Banana one that was like 11%. That was...
0: That was yeah. one of the most delicious like dessert nitro stouts yeah. that I've had in ages. It was so, so great. And they had an actual banana puree in it. So it wasn't even shelf stable. It was like, like they poured it and you had to drink
1: it. Arguably unstable. I Don't don't those explode if there's like lactose and other things? Well, I think... That's not my business. I think they had... <laughs> I think they actually had some issue with um, a lactose base. Mm. Or maybe oh, that wasn't the the ingredient that was um, combustible, but something, some of their cans were exploding at some point. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. But anyway.
0: Um, the other thing I wanted to shout out was Dosanko, who were there this year oh, as yeah. one of the vendors. Uh, Love Dosanko. They had these little, delicious little onigiri balls. Mm-hmm. Love those little.
1: Such good palate cleansers. Oh, they were
0: excellent. Yeah. And they were like Sakura styles. They had a little bit of like cherry blossom licking flakes inside. Mm-hmm. Very beautiful. What else did we have? Oh, we—I well, we, don't think we got the oysters because we were
1: <laughs> a tradition. We will carry on. I yeah, I—I
0: I, I mean, I love oysters. You're kind of mixed on oysters, or no? I'm
1: I'm down for I'm down for a couple oysters, but I'm not down to sit down and have like
0: crush a half does. Yeah. Well, and also I think I think we were we know our faves, and we were too excited to have more burger
1: yeah exactly and
0: the delicious cabana fries and all the other great snacks i'm sure the oysters are great too but there was something about the palette that we had created for ourselves where yeah. oysters didn't feel like they. no
1: fit. it didn't it didn't sit in any of the the crosshairs of all our venn diagrams for that evening yeah <laughs> um i and fries speaking of fries cabana fries were amazing obviously but um the pepino's poutine i mean Oh yeah. The curly fries oh. with burrata. I mean, come on.
0: Maron. Maron.
1: And they had uh, Negronis on tap this year, which yeah. was dangerous, uh, but fun.
0: I got one for the road. You did. That was great.
1: Um, so overall, you know, fifty chicken wings out of five Yeah. the uh could
0: not recommend it higher. Yeah. Uh I think like it's sort of our Super Bowl, I think. Yeah. Kind I, of our WrestleMania.
1: I think we had like uh <laughs> Like, I look forward to September now. Yes. A- after a lifelong fear of uh, back, to school. Dr- back to school dread, <laughs> I can tell you that, um, you know, this uh, beer company and the alcohol really helps me with my back to school of fear and yeah. the
0: burgers, of course. Oh, naturally. Uh, Did you get any of the collab cans? To go? I didn't. I wish I had.
1: No, I did not.
0: Next year. Yeah. That'll be the move next year, I think, is to get some of the actual collab cans and maybe, like, feature them and talk about them more on the show.
1: I think we should definitely do that because um, we will obviously invariably love them. <laughs> because yeah. there wasn't... I did not meet a beverage I did not like that no, evening.
0: I agree. And Superflex, man. I mean, even aside from the... I mean, not to just continue to, like, blow smoke, but... Something about their brewery is just, like, such a great venue. It's such a good vibe there for having a good time. Like, it's big enough that they can throw an event like this. Yeah. But they can have a dance floor, which is wild.
1: And have, like, a fun party at an indoor-outdoor space when it's raining. It was pouring rain, but yep. they, like, that didn't affect anything. No, nope. It was great.
0: Yeah. So, well done, Superflux. You did it again.
1: Yes. Thank you so much again for uh, uh, hosting Amazing Evening and uh, continuing to... Um, be the source of ninety nine percent of all my clothing. <laughs>
0: yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> you uh, you hit the merch store too when you were there. I did. I got a t shirt. Yeah, nice. Yeah,
0: love that new t shirt. I've been wearing it a lot.
1: Um, earlier you mentioned that you had to, or you tried to get half pores, because uh, then you were going to go off, um, and go to dinner that night. Yes. Uh, where did you go to dinner so, that evening, Brian?
0: I'll kick off, uh, talking about some restaurants. I went to Song, a return visit for the podcast.
1: <sighs> The origin of the five chicken wing rating system.
0: Yes. And would you believe I got the chicken wings again? Mm, They hit. God, they hit. What a paradox. How
1: do you give just five out of five chicken wings to the inaugural chicken wing scale? Scale. I know. When it's so much more than just five out of five.
0: I know. (laughs) I know. And The song was wonderful. They hooked – I was there with uh, my fiance Lauren, and – oh, my God. Your beautiful daughter, Kimmy, just covered her eyes. I I love when animals do that. I think that's so cute. She is cute. Um, I was there with my fiance and her parents, and they brought us some complimentary friends and family tamarind shooters, which were so great. They were this little shot glass with, like, a a leaf and a little bit of prawn, a little bit of meat on there, a little bit of veg. And you take the little lettuce cup out, and you pour the tamarind shot over it, and then – that's like one bite. Do a little bite. Oh my god! That so great. Amazing. Had a wonderful time at Song again. It, and oh, we tried the Tom Yum. Oh, so good. Yeah, we got to go again. Uh, Tom Yum soup there. What a was killer?
1: It Tom Yum Yum.
0: It was Tom Yum Yum. Mm. Uh, I don't mind saying. If that's embarrassing, I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't uh, care. It was a Tom Yum Yum Yummy time.
1: Mm, amazing. You
0: Yummy makes it sound way. You took worse. it too far. I did. Uh, that's okay. But anyway, wanted to give a quick. Shout out to Song. Love Song. Love Kincao. Love Song. We'll definitely be back.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: Uh, You, I mean, this is a little bit of a bigger topic, but we wanted to touch on uh, we've both traveled recently.
1: Yes, we have.
0: So I know that uh, I'm going to save mine because mine's uh, perhaps more exotic. I feel like more people listening have been to where you went than where I went. (laughs) So why don't you kick us off with... Your trip to Las Vegas.
1: Okay. Um, so just context for the listeners. I uh, took uh, my fiance, Georgia, to Vegas to see um, the limited engagement of Lady Gaga's jazz piano uh, concert. Um, and also when in Vegas, you know, you got to hit up a RuPaul show at the the Pink Flamingo. Um, so we went there and we were there for three nights. So invariably we had to feed ourselves. Um, I would say... Highlights food wise, I under the recommendation of you and our fellow book clubbers, uh, also fellow oral scientists, um, went to Best Friend, which is in the park MGM. Indeed, it is. Um, I,
0: for the record, did not get to eat at Best Friend, but continue.
1: But you still recommended
0: it, oh, yeah, because everyone <laughs> I know was like, wow, Best Friend,
1: yes, yeah. it's uh, it's it was great, it was honestly. It was hands down the best food we ate when we were in Vegas and the the only reasonably priced thing in Las Vegas, at least on the Strip. I can't tell you, like, I could spend an, an entire episode complaining about how expensive Vegas is.
0: It's ridiculous. Like,
1: I kid you not, $9 for a bottle of water. Uh, when I went to the aforementioned Roo show, so it's like, I don't blame Roo for this, um... Because I would never blame mother uh, for that, for anything. Um, but um, just went into the bar. I got a double gin and soda and one of those like hermetically sealed popcorn, pre-popped popcorn packages the size of like a small bag of chips from like the assorted Costco bag that you go for Halloween or whatever. It's probably been there since the Flamingo Casino opened in like 19 dickety two or whatever, like a million years ago.
0: Ring-a-ding-ding.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um Anyway, for that small, for like six pieces, six kernels of corn uh, that were popped in 1971 and a double gin and soda, uh, it was $47 USD, which with tip and after a conversion, looking at my visa bill, uh, it was $87 Canadian for those kernels of popcorn and gin and soda. Oh my God. Like granted, yeah, it was a double in the States, so... They don't put double, doesn't mean two ounces. It means full glass. It means two of the biggest part of any measuring (laughs) capacity you have. Like he had, I think, a one and a half on one side and a two and a half ounce on the other side, like a double sided jigger. And he filled up, like I basically had like a Mickey of gin in that thing. Congratulations. uh, Thank you so much. Um, But anyway. I'll have to say, Vegas was very expensive, but we, Georgia and I, ate very well, I had an amazing Negroni. They had like a very long um, mocktail list, which at I Best really... Best Friend? Yeah, at Best cool. Friend. We ate at the bar. Um, we had, uh, is it Ban Chan? What, what is Yeah. This? Is it all the pickled things. Yeah. So we had like their house assortment of that, which like they kept bringing them out. Um, if you order anything, they just bring you these amazing, just fresh sticky buns. We got uh, chicken and garlic, um just like a huge platter of chicken. There's probably like three chicken breasts cut up there. And we got some rice as well. And so we got like an entree, two appetizers, a freebie little amuse-bouche thing, and some other food item I can't remember, and a couple of cocktails. And that came to like 120 bucks with tip. Wow, that's so reasonable for Vegas. reasonable for anywhere, I would say. And considering it was amazing quality stuff. But anyway, so I would tip my hat to best friend. They have like... We unfortunately were like not that hungry. We it was in like the weird midpoint where okay, we have to be at a concert for seven. We need to eat something before we go, but we're not starving because you know we're on vacation and we had breakfast slash lunch at like one p.m. So um, but anyway, uh, so best friend I think would be a highlight. Um, another highlight was we ordered room service for the first time in our lives. And uh, we got some bougie bacon and eggs and pancakes. Um, got it on the the wheelie table and everything. But we decided if it's going to be, you know, a $1,000 for eggs, we may as well get it delivered to our, our hotel room. And then we don't have to go to the strip and look at the people who are out there and they're all drunk and scary. <laughs> We got leered at a lot, and it was... Yeah, that was the... That sucks. We're not really gamblers. If we like to drink, it's like to enjoy the beverages we're drinking, not to just, like, soak tampons and vodka and, (laughs) like, go on our way or anything, which is kind of the vibe. But uh, anyway, so there was good, bad, and ugly in Vegas, and Best Friend was definitely the part of the good.
0: Can I ask, how were the Gaga and RuPaul shows?
1: Oh, they were incredible. I'm, like... Everyone has, will say what they want about Gaga, but like, I feel like she was truly in her element. She was like singing old standards. Like, she was in she was singing like Mambo Italiano and she had Brian Newman is her trumpeter and he leads like a 20 piece band. And it was like, it was like a full old timey Vegas experience. Amazing. Everybody in the audience was like over 50, over 60. And then there was like Georgia and I were like, we just want to hear the hits.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Did she play any of her own songs?
1: She had a few, like she did a classic like piano unplugged of like poker face because you're in Vegas, wink and bad romance. (laughs) But It was mostly the standards, but it was very cute that all like there was a man sitting next to me who I'm guessing was like in his 70s. And he had like his cool jazz guy fedora on and like a black vest and a purple shirt underneath. And he was like in it for a swinging good time. (laughs) But he was he knew all the words to bad romance and everything like just a true fan. It was just like, I don't know. It was just great. And she has an amazing voice. um, And Georgia is in love with her and watching her. Watching Georgia watch Gaga was just, like, lovely. So, yeah. All in all, amazing. That's so great. Yeah. Glad to hear it. So, that's the sum of my uh, Vegas trip. And I would like to hear about your exotic adventures, though. Okay.
0: Well, so, for my exotic adventures, Mm -hmm. I went one province over, and I went to the town of Red Deer, Alberta, (gasps) to visit some friends of mine, Tyler Heppel, and his lovely wife, Amira Heppel. Amira Janssen, mm-hmm. originally. Nay, nay Jansen's. Mm-hmm. And they hosted their annual, what has come to be known as Hepplefest, which <laughs> is a big Oktoberfest bash, which had, I think, over 40 people.
1: That is incredible. Incredible. I would just... Hats off to them for even having that idea, let alone executing on it. And, and knowing let, 40 people,
0: congratulations. Me, I know. I mean, that even that is like, wow, good yeah. job. <laughs> but they go all out. This is like, they've been doing it for multiple years, and every year it's gotten bigger and more on theme. Like So they have like the blue and white checkered tablecloths, flags up everywhere. There were door prizes I helped Whoa. make. was I, there a meat draw? <laughs> there was not a meat draw, not this year. There were prizes for whoever won different uh, Oktoberfest-related games, such as... Uh, Kube. have you ever played Coob? No. Koob is sort of like, uh, what is Coob like? It's a little bit like bowling. It's a little bit like dodgeball, but you don't like hit other people. You hit like st- like pillars like you it's like it's a like
1: skittles you ever play that when you were in like pe like the wooden pegs and you throw beanbags at them or something very similar sounding.
0: okay i never played that but yes that's a, that's exactly it
1: i went to an amish
0: school oh congratulations yeah. <laughs> uh yeah you were a quaker yes oh uh, nice uh so we played koob uh we played this fun game called the hammer schlagen
1: man they know how to name things which
0: is a traditional game where you just nail hammers into a board as fast as you can and it's a race <laughs>
1: I, I think I could be good at that. I
0: was bad at it. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell you, like, I was there up against people, like, seeing other people who are like, oh, you clearly hammer from time to time. Oh, I have yeah. not touched a hammer, but for hanging a small piece of art on the wall <laughs> in ages. Oh, so it was really like Brian. watching people, like, fully rear up and, like,
1: like those, bang on the. Like those strongman competitions, the peony with, like, log rolling exactly and stuff like right. that. This was just hammering. We saw
0: people. We There was also a keg rolling relay where people rolled mini kegs that was wild great time but in terms of the meal component uh lauren and i were drafted into uh the food production for feeding this uh you know crowd of people
1: yeah you can't swing a hammer but you can make a schnitzel
0: well i made 60 schnitzels wow 60 five dozen schnitzels Oh, dear. mix of gluten-free and regular we had wow. a dredging system going we had all these schnitzels frying Man, it was like a like, it was the full afternoon beforehand we were doing that. Uh, there was some prepping of like uh, stewed cabbage, like the purple cabbage. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was spatzel. It was a full on feast and it was and mashed potatoes. Of course, it was great. I've never fried so many things at once or for so many hours. And I think I smelled like oil for like a day and a half.
1: Took you back to the famous players. Oh, did it ever did
0: it ever. <laughs> but it was a great time. And honestly, like such a fun cooking project to be involved in.
1: That like, honestly sounds like something I would buy a ticket to. Yeah. Like, that sounds great. Oh,
0: you want to come over for my schnitzel party? <laughs> yeah. So that was $40. Great. Yes. <laughs> so that was a great time. Uh, we also got to drink liters of beer, uh, which was really fun. Uh, we had, like, the. Tyler has uh, accumulated a collection of, like, Steins. 20, yeah, Steins and the glass ones, the moss. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so that was really, really fun, including one that I. If this is like a small Tyler, if you're listening, this is just a small like aside to our friendship. I once brought back one of those big glass Uh, leaders from the actual Hofbrauhaus beer garden in Munich Mm -hmm. and I had left it at his place in Langley like years ago and through moves he lost it and then in red year he found it amazing so I got to drink out of this like ancient Hofbrauhaus mug from like 2007 or something like that an Oktoberfest miracle exactly so that was a wonderful time I highly encourage everyone to try uh making some schnitzel not difficult just a little little dredge a little flour you know but it was a great time. It's not time.
1: difficult to make five dozen schnitzel. <laughs> well, it's time consuming. I can tell you
0: that much. But it was a great, great time. And I, I really loved Heppel Fest. Uh, I think Oktoberfest... I mean, I was hungover as hell the next day because I don't drink that much beer usually. Yeah, as is I'm a spirits boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a great time. Great, great time.
1: I'm so impressed with so many aspects of that. I've already mentioned knowing 40 people. Wow. Again, congratulations. Yes. Uh, taking... A, an idea, and, you know, turning it into reality, also very difficult to do. Um, but the decorations, the multi-layer activities, finding different heats of groups of people to compete and then oh, yeah. having corresponding prizes, like, these people need to go into politics and change the world, I think. Uh,
0: they can make it happen. They're real glue people, you know, like can really bring people together. Yeah. It was really inspiring to see.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, wow.
0: it was a great time. Shout out to Tyler and Amara.
1: And how lucky are you to call these people your friends?
0: I... You're so right, Jill. You're so right. Well,
1: that's that's lovely.
0: So speaking of schnitzel, I thought this would be also a a kind of a nice pivot point for us to talk a little bit about home cooking. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that? Sure.
1: Um, I do love the segue of speaking of schnitzel.
0: (laughs) Speaking of a lot of schnitzel. (laughs)
1: Um, Home cooking. So in terms of memorable home cookouts that I've had since we've last spoken... Yeah. um,
0: Which isn't... Like, this is the part of the show that's not actionable information other than to encourage people to cook.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Which I've done a lot of, by the way. I feel like since we got back from Vegas, I was like, oh, I spent all my money on water. (laughs) So I guess... um, I'm just going to eat produce for the next little while, (laughs) produce and rice. So getting really back into cooking at home. um, But definitely influenced by staying with Georgia's folks in Edmonton. So we, uh, not too unlike your exotic jaunt to uh, Red Deer. I went back to the old uh, New York of Northern Alberta, Edmonton. Um, and while we were there, it was Georgia's birthday. So her mom made a lovely family dinner and invited a uh, family over. So it was like, I felt so lucky to be able to experience that with her side of the family. Um, and it also just, it felt so much like when I do it with my own family. It's like, it was just a really heartwarming and wholesome time. Um, But the star of the show was Shepherd's Pie. (sighs) Baby. It's like, I know we joke a lot about being blandos, um, but when it comes to our heritage of blandness,
0: (laughs) does it get. Better (laughs) in the bland world. No,
1: there's nothing at the tippy top of of peak Blando culture, I think, is the shepherd's pie. I mean, not only is it like salt and pepper, (laughs) 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 but this like you've got your meat and then your sauce that makes that occurs after the meat mingles with the produce medley. And then you top it all off with some beige. Yeah. Uh, The beige topper was mashed potatoes. It was a classic choice. It was unbelievable. It was a portion I have never seen before. Um, I've, it looked like something you would put in a warmer tray in a buffet style. Because That's an exciting
0: amount of shepherd's. Pie. It really
1: was. It was like I have a lot of food anxiety, like especially if there's like a lot of people around me that I have to share this food with. It's like okay, I have to be polite and take like a scant one scoop to make sure that the 12 people sitting at this table have enough. I didn't have to do that here. I could gleefully just slop my plate full and be like, I know everyone will eat well. I have no food anxiety here. Join me at the trough. Yes, exactly. Everyone dig into the trough. Um, But it also, of course, just it being Georgia's birthday and the fact that she got to spend... A birthday at home was also extra lovely. Cute. Um, and then her mom made it, so her mom was like, Georgia, what kind of birthday cake do you want? And she's like, Oh, you know, you don't have to fuss. Um, you could just do like a banana banana bread, like that banana chocolate chip cake or something. And she's like, No, no, it's it's your birthday. Like, I'll make anything. And she's like, I want that Russian cake. So apparently, this Russian cake is like a two day ordeal where it's a multi tiered. I think it's seven layers. Russian cake. Yeah, you make. I think five or four layers of like sheet cake and then you make your own housemade pudding and you also make house cookie crumble and you like layer them in between and then you ice the whole thing with chocolate pudding. So, it's like a huge deal because you have to make the pudding from scratch, make the the layered cake from scratch. You have to make the cookie dough from scratch and then turn it into like this cookie crumble. And then, but it was like... Sounds great. And we all sat down. We we're like, this is incredible. Like ate it in like five seconds. And her mom was kind of just like sitting at the end of the table. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't happen at all. Her mom is a total pro. Um, but it's just like I'd never heard of anything like that before.
0: And it's called Russian cake or is that just what George's family calls
1: it? That's what the family recipe is. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to look this up. Yeah.
0: Maybe we can post it uh, on our Instagram.
1: It was beautiful, but like cutting into that many layers is, uh, yeah, it's a, it was not only like a, a baking undertaking. It was like a feat in structural engineering. No doubt. (laughs) Like I'm surprised it didn't topple under its own mass. Wow. Um, yeah, and everybody and we had some wine and sure, like assorted sure. veggies. Uh, but yeah, the the shepherd's pie and the Russian cake are, are true standouts for me.
0: Amazing. Well, that sounds great. It
1: seems like like I always had angel food cake for like anything in a box. Yeah, because it was like, oh right, it's your birthday, <laughs> just whip something up. Yeah, so, very much so. Yeah, which no shade of that. I love my love me some angel food cake or have right,
0: a uh, crush on an angel food cake right now or devil's food cake,
1: funfetti cupcakes. Oof. Why not? Yeah. Why not?
0: So speaking of blando culture, I actually also uh, took a dive into my own cultural heritage as well and made one of my Blando favorites. Mm-hmm. Although I would say this is this dish is less on the bland scale, like it's not topped with potatoes, but it's in the same ballpark. Yeah. That's the chicken pot pie.
1: Oh yeah. That's that's a that's a, a crux in blando culture, I would say. Very much so. Yeah. It's
0: maybe in, in some ways as flavorful as anyone from England has ever gotten. Yes. So I made this delicious chicken pot pie recipe uh based on Stella Parks' recipe. Uh if you know her, she uh I don't. She's, she's on Instagram at Brave Tart. Uh she oh, writes okay. for Serious Eats. She's a great baker. But the fun thing about this recipe, and again, like I I'm a big chicken pot pie advocate. I think Savory pies are like very underrated. I don't think people talk about them enough. And that's why I'm glad that we started this podcast. So I have my soapbox. You do. I'm going to wave this knife in the air and talk about how important pot pies are to me.
1: I won't uh, ask you to put it down.
0: Thank you. So chicken pot pies, a wonderful, a wonderful treat to give yourself and others. (laughs) Uh, I made this uh, chicken pot pie that we ended up eating for about five days because there's only one way to make a chicken pot pie and it's all at once. Yeah. And I baked it all on a nine (laughs) by 13. (laughs) and uh that fed us for multiple days including lunches and dinners yep and the fun thing about this recipe was i made some additions i added leeks to it which didn't call for but chicken and leek you know classic combo Mm -hmm. sauteed that in with the vegetable which was wonderful made my own roux for that which was great Mm -hmm. uh made the whole gravy didn't use cream not a cream-based recipe this time which is really nice very savory poached the chicken turned out really nice chicken Maybe you got a little over poached, but that's my what fault. What do you
1: use instead of cream? Nothing.
0: Nothing. You mm-hmm. just basically make like the gravy out of like broth and uh, uh, a roux, right? So it just oh, kind yeah. of all thickens okay. over the stuff. And then you add stock and then a little bit of gelatin or uh, yeah, gelatin. Mm-hmm. You make like a little gelatin sheet with the stock and then you gross. pour that in. And it, yeah, it is gross and yeah. then it thickens up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all <laughs> that to say, delicious time. But the thing that really kick this up a notch and this is why i wanted to talk about this recipe because if you're if you're hearing the sound of my voice right now i want you dear listener to think about this think about the last time you had a chicken pot pie are you thinking about a frozen one are you thinking about a stouffer's chicken pot pie or a swanson's chicken pot pie let me tell you if that's your only conception cognition of a chicken pot pie you haven't lived Mm -hmm. so here the words that I am saying, mm-hmm. make this recipe from Stella Parks, com. It's the chicken pot pie with biscuit topping. And here's what I did.
1: Is it a Jill, pot pie?
0: Well, it's if a it's variant. A biscuit? It's a variant. Okay. I'll get, I'll, I'll grant you this. Okay. It's a variant. I have not, I'm not really like a pastry guy. I don't mm-hmm. know how to like fuss with pastry. So this recipe I thought was like a bit of a challenge because I don't made mm-hmm. really biscuits either. Mm-hmm. But the topping instead of pie crust is biscuits, mm-hmm. which were fun to make easy to make and i upgraded by adding rosemary and black pepper to them nice listeners you owe it to yourself to experience the flavor bomb that is a chicken pot pie done right Mm -hmm. if you haven't done it if you're not as bland as me Mm -hmm. if you're not as english scottish irish you know that whole mix yeah the mirepoix of whiteness yes uh Please do yourself a favor It doesn't have to be this recipe Although making biscuits was fun But I think I don't know what to say Other than I'm trying to be evangelical For pot pies in the year 2023 I want everyone to give it more of a try I think I'm down to try more I want to try to make like Maybe like a seafood pot pie Which I know is a thing as well But all that to say Chicken pot pies rock uh, much like shepherd's pie, there is something so cozy and comforting and like, I can eat a ton of this because it came out in a trough. Yeah, exactly. Came out in a tray. What is it with English people and tray-based food?
1: I mean, they've, that's Casseroles. how they feed the animals. They see people as animals, as colonization would indicate. Um, so, <laughs> Well said. I mean, I think that that's uh, pretty standard. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. I also really like that both of our highlights were pies that... Or savory and also not pies. <laughs> I like that too. It doesn't get more blando than yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And white. Yeah. Here's just, the thing. It's it's this thing, but it's actually not this thing. No.
0: And it's covered with either bread or potatoes. Yes. Uh, should we kick it to like a restaurant focused lightning round? Okay. Should I put in some lightning sound effects here like, or thunder, I guess, because you can't like lightning is the visual part. but That's the thunder true. Thunder is the sound part. Yeah. Um, Do you want to start off with uh, some recent bites? I know you were talking about your recent visit to Magari. Ah. Am I saying that
1: right? uh, I have no idea. I would... At first blush, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Uh, This is the new iteration of Oka.
0: Yes. So... Speaking... I mean, rest in peace to the chef from Oka. Yes.
1: It's very clear. So... There's a very untimely passing of the original co-founder, uh, co-owner, and pasta genius uh, behind Oka, who was previously, I believe, at Kisitanto before they moved so. and made their own pasta-based venture. Um, and this this restaurant seems to just be run by a group of best friends. And so when you lose not only your leader, but your friend, what do you do other than take time? to grieve that loss. And so not only did they grieve it, I feel like the whole neighborhood grieved it. There wasn't a time when I was walking past Oka, uh, or the restaurant slash artist formerly known as Oka. And I if, it, if I was walking by around four or five o'clock, which is generally when the lineup starts... Doesn't matter in the three months, the hi- three month hiatus that they took, there was always somebody who was walking up and like, oh, close." I had no idea. Like it's yeah. because of the sort of speakeasy nature of the restaurant, the word of mouth that is so um, like it's like a backbone of the way that this restaurant continues to thrive and become sort of like almost like a cult fan following. Um, although I, it did get added to the Michelin Guide. Did it? I believe it did. Magari did uh, no, Oka. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway, all that to say, Georgia and I and everybody in the, the commercial drive area, we missed it dearly. Uh, and then when we saw that it has now reopened under, I believe they call it Oka Presents Magari. Okay. Um, anyway, we went back. It's the same group of dudes. They're amazing. Um, I love uh, the the vibe that they have there. I love that they all love each other. And um, I asked one of our servers, like point blank, when he was refilling my water, I'm like, are you guys doing okay? And I'm like, is it weird? He's like, unbelievably. Like he was so honest about it. And he's like, you know, you think you're fine and you've been grieving. And then you hear a song come on the playlist and then your your whole day is ruined. So it's like what they're trying to do right now is nothing short of heroic. Yeah. Like running a restaurant is, running an amazing restaurant is almost impossible. And they are doing that while they're grieving. So I can't give these people enough of my respect and my admiration and my love. That's amazing. Um, Because through all that, they've been able to now revive the space. People, everybody who was within earshot was saying, I'm so glad you're open. Glad you guys are open again. I'm so glad we're all back together. And guess what? The pasta is still un-fucking-believable. Amazing. I just, I also just, George and I were talking about this when we were there. It's, I don't know of many, like there's a lot of Italian places that do one of everything. They have like, of course there's pizza restaurants or pasta restaurants, but I feel like if you go to like the Savio Volpe's, the Cafe Latana's, you go to the Ask for Luigi's, there's like, Anti-past- Antipasto, there's um, insalata, there's pastas, there's mains, there's everything you can do. But they go so all in on pasta that when you just order the tasting menu, which is what we did, we got five different pastas in addition to a beet salad and a delicious meat tray, and it was just like they love pasta so much and they just celebrate it every day of their life, and it's it's so amazing. And just the simple ingredients, I feel like like the first one we just had like. A squash tortellini. Next, just a pomodoro on gnocchi. Just like getting the best ingredients possible. There's probably like three things in each dish and they were unbelievable. Amazing. Um, and a was perfect. Uh, Georgia mm. had a, a non-alcoholic cocktail. She had two of them. I've never seen her ask for another round of a mocktail before. That's how good it was. Um, but yeah, so Oka is back. If you have ever been on the fence about going there now i think it's more important time than ever to go and support them help these dudes out their hearts are broken but they're still showing up and serving the best pasta in the grandview woodland district if not like in so far that i've seen in like the lower mayline
0: Oka was really something special yeah like I'm, I'm so delighted that they reopened and i can't wait to try magari i you know that was such a sad thing to see
1: mm-hmm.
0: on the tasting menu do they still have the rotolo
1: What is Rotolo? Is that the the plate size tortellini? Uh,
0: I don't know. That sounds like almost like a raviolo. I'm thinking of like the one that's like, it was like a stuffed like spiral.
1: Oh. Uh they didn't have it that day, but I mean they're constantly yep, for sure. reinventing things. I know I that like that was a, like
0: one of their signature things on the tasting menu at Oka. And I'm so glad I got to try it. Yeah. Because it was like stuffed with a smoked cheese. Oh my god.
1: Oh, so good. My own. Uh that and then also this other thing that I'm thinking of. It just like looks like a it's a stuffed round pasta like a tortellini, but it, it is one and it is the size of a plate. Love like it's, it's like a giant like a big tart, but like it's a tortellino, yeah. Instead of tortellini, yeah. Mm. If if that is some sort of a suffix in Italian that means it is big plate pasta, it is
0: ravioli means little raviolos. Okay, raviolo is like the big one. Okay, like you get a big one. Like they do that at Ask for Luigi sometimes. You okay, you get the raviolo. Okay. Anyway, that's just what you learn being engaged to an Italian. I guess Shout so. To learn,
1: but this was like a like a jumbotron, whatever the suffix is for jumbo in Italian. That's what this was. Mm, probably jumbo. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah, that's uh international.
0: So speaking of other kind of cult favorite restaurants in Vancouver, I had a return visit to elephant recently mm. and I took Lauren, my fiance for her birthday and wow, 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 wow. Wow. wow! wow. Uh, I know that we've, we celebrated them on their own episode, but let me give Justin Song L and the team at elephant some more flowers. Yeah. Because Nobody does it. Nobody is doing it like elephant. Yeah. Like you, I I honestly like, it's such a fun place to go eat because let me give you an example of some of the stuff that we had. So obviously the cloudy turnip soup was still on the menu. Amazing. Love that. Glad. We had a, what was it? Eggplant topped with ragu. I think, or no, it was, sorry, eggplant topped with vodka sauce that was covered In a white sauce, which at first I was like, oh, I wonder what this white sauce is. And then the sommelier that was walking around was like, oh, that's a uh, that's veal brain. Well, of course. Naturally. Why wouldn't it be? So he made a reduction of veal brain like and that's again, we've talked about this, but elephants whole thing about like vegetable forward enhanced by meat fats. Yeah. Is such a wild and interesting take on food. We had the I think you and I had it, but it was the like cabbage style lasagna.
1: It was with uh, Robbie, I believe.
0: Right. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, but this was, again, incredible. Watching him, like, take that out and plate it. And, like, again, watching this, like, amazing show of, like, two sommeliers handling everything and one chef. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, the chef kind of knowing where the different stations are at their omakase levels, who came in when, mm-hmm. how many of each thing he needs to have going at any time. Like... Elephant's just an incredible, incredible time. And for the money, for the experience, I think it's, like, maybe the best bang for your buck that you can have in Vancouver if you want to go for, like, an interesting and exciting dining yeah, experience. Yeah, it's
1: still one of my favorite restaurants in Vancouver. It's in my top three. Me too. Um, It's not, like, to go back to your point about, you know, vegetable forward enhanced by meat fat. It's, like, not only meat fat it's like you know what i'm gonna whip up this veal brain and turn it into yeah a white sauce yeah. like whose brain works that way other than his song and it. i i i stand justin
0: i still do who, who doesn't yeah. uh but how, really, do you not,
1: how do you not have a, a crush on justin
0: i know i know but it's really like there have been multiple times lately where I've been talking to people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm a big foodie. And they haven't even heard of Elephant. So in some ways, it's still under the radar. Yeah. So if you're, again, if you're hearing the sound of my voice,
1: (laughs) book a table at Elephant. Yeah. God damn, you're only hurting yourself. It's, there's no reason not to. There's something for everybody there. And if you love food in any capacity, you owe it to yourself to go there and hang out with the three hardest working people in the restaurant Completely. industry who obviously couldn't love food more than them like there are at least the food scene
0: the other thing i really love about it is you know how everyone kind of well not everyone but a lot of people like have this fantasy of like what if i retired from the rat race and just opened up a little little like cafe or a little restaurant this is like such a good glimpse at like how much skill and effort it would take to do that because it really is such a tight crew and it's really like
1: such a like, like it is not
0: easy to do that.
1: No, I was going to say like not to be precious or cliche, but like it's, there's nothing short of at least a little bit of magic that has to go into the confluence of things that need to get right and aligned for them to be able to pull that off. Completely. Like even just all their individual skill is one thing, but like, them as human beings being able to work together in that way and trust each other that they'll follow this innate process that is just kind of at an objective glance sitting from the bar, it like looks like they're doing this dance, but I'm sure that it's so like cerebral and methodical, but it just looks like they're having effortless fun and yeah. they're just caught up in it. And it's just, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more yeah that they deserve all the flowers.
0: Yeah. It's wild. And like, Everything we had that night was incredible. And then actually afterwards, we were still feeling a little, just a little, a little, a little peckish. So Mm -hmm. we walked out of elephant and walked right next door into the pie shop. Mm -hmm. Pie shop has been around for a long time. Love the pie shop. Famously, they do great pies, Mm -hmm. but they've recently started operating as a pizza and wine bar as well. Oh, yeah.
1: Didn't you have a cocktail there? I did. I had a Negroni. Wild.
0: I know. And we rocked up to the bar, and we were sat right in front of their dessert counter, and we were like, those butter tarts look fucking great. And I think there was also... Oh, we got a butter tart and a pumpkin pie. Slice of pumpkin pie. The butter tart, they brought us without us even ordering it. They were just like, we heard you guys talking about this. Like, just eat the butter tart. Yeah. Like, we paid for it. But, like, still, like, they didn't wait for us to order it. They were just like, here you go. Yeah. I mean, we were very suggestible, but... Amazing service. Amazing time. I think we should, we owe it to the pie shop to try their pizza and go there for like a full on review.
1: Well, you were saying after you were telling me about this evening that you had, I'm like, we need to do a Powell street crawl. I feel like there's so much happening in that one block.
0: It's hot. It's, it's hot. Yeah. Powell street's popping.
1: It's, uh, it's such a unlikely spot too yeah it's like kind of industrial down there yeah um i mean i obviously love obviously love it because it's like walking distance from my house it's just tucked away down there
0: i also love it because it's walking distance from your house <laughs> i
1: know My have uh, my living room is a good pre-party spot and yeah. a good spot to record podcasts well, we're live in action on site right now
0: yeah uh what's the next place you had on lightning round lightning round <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, now we're we're just making the sound effects. I'm a Foley artist. You you are. Yeah, very well-rounded, versatile. Mm-hmm. Um well, actually speaking of walking distance from my house and neighborhood favorites, um a they're calling it a milk bar and cafe. Uh it's called Ma. It just opened up uh Kitty Corner to uh Grandview Park. And that's M
0: A H. M A
1: H. Yeah it's ma, but it's not mid. I tell you what, it is more so much more than meh. It is so cute. First of all, it's tiny, tiny, tiny. It used to be, I think a cooking class that sold like Asian ingredients and taught Asian, um, food seminars, but like maybe seminars is a generous word because this place is small. Um, but anyway, this place is, um, you're, looks like you're, uh, having, a. Uh, no, I nervous just, thoughts about this uh, text No, I just things. wanted to make
0: sure that all the audio was being recorded. I just wanted to do a little check. Okay. We're okay.
1: I got nervous. I got nervous that you that you stood up.
0: Continue your talk about Ma.
1: Okay. Get cozy, Brian. Let's tuck into the story about Ma. Um, anyway, it's a very cute little spot. Um, apparently, a milk bar is something that's common in New Zealand and Australia. I believe the people who opened it are from Australia. So... I don't know if you know this. I learned this when I was working at Ritual and we had to shop for a new espresso machine and a new coffee provider. But Australia is serious about their coffee.
0: I didn't know this.
1: So if you walk into a cafe or coffee shop, I, I experienced this in New Zealand as well. Like they are true scientists back there. Like they have... Um, Uh, for lack of like uh, total ignorance, like a barometer or something that measures like humidity and air pressure. And they will recalibrate their espresso machines based on what the weather is like. They weigh every infinitesimal speck of caffeine that goes in and out of the little espresso baskets. And they just like, I think coffee snobs were born there because they just actually know about the best practices for everything. They've truly put it through everything, every single scientific method. But you can taste that in the coffee that they make. Wow. Um, So it's just a little coffee shop. Um, So Milk Bar, to go back to my earlier point, it's like a New Zealand thing. It's basically just means like, I think it's like a wink to be like, if you want good coffee and you're an Australian, like we've got you. Nice. Or if you're from Oceania and you want coffee, we've got you. We can help you out. Okay. Um, they also have a very small cafe menu. So they have a, a limited breakfast menu that I think runs until 11. And then they do a lunch menu that go- carries them out until about 4 p.m. when they close. I had a roasted squash and salt spring goat cheese toasty that was unbelievable. It had homemade onion jam on it. And Georgia had a pulled chicken and ginger sandwich that had, like, house-made red onions, some pickled ginger in it, and greens. It was...
0: I'm so GD hungry right now. It was
1: so good. It was fresh. It was the perfect amount of flavor. And they also have, like, a little pantry in there so you can get, like, organic eggs. You can get farm-fresh milk. You can get... um, like local like things you could get at say like gately or other type of small batch things here like east van jam they sell there they sell mom butter which is like oh yeah you've seen that around so they have like locally stocked specialty pantry items fun they had house made loaves of sourdough and they had local farmers um they had like a strathcona gardens produce available like beets and And everything local to you this is down on Grant and Victoria.
0: Oh, that's so close.
1: Yeah. And it's off like off the beaten path. I use that very loosely. It's just not on commercial. Drive, so are you gonna
0: but. give up Turk? Turks?
1: Well, I don't know. I love Turks so much. Like You don't have to choose, by the way. You can well, have both. Well, I mean, I've always loved Turks coffee. I've always been I've always kind of thrown shade at their their food options. They just get like not just, but I mean they do coffee very well. Their beans are again, they're bean scientists. Um Sorry, that's me. I'm a bean side. I was gonna that's say, I think that's part twice. of your culture.
0: <laughs> that's your lifestyle. <laughs>
1: they're, uh, they're coffee beans. Uh, yeah, I, I learned that at my soft opening. Um, <laughs> I uh, the, but the beans and the the coffee are amazing at Turks, but they get like to live for. They they buy in bulk. They're they're good. Like they're baked goods from other places, um, but everything is like either made in house at Ma or it's sourced from like local specialty producers nice. and. There's three people working there. They were all cool as hell and so kind. They complimented Georgia's jacket, which was awesome. And they got into a conversation. And we learned about him and how he likes to thrift. And it was just like the perfect East Van interaction. And Georgia had uh, an oat matcha latte and I had an iced Americano. And they were incredible. Mm. So if you're looking for an amazing coffee, I would go there. If you're looking to um, also be shown different spotlights of local like small business owners or small batch producers go there. They also for their they don't do their own treats, but they every weekend they rotate and host pop-ups to local bakeries. There's a local patisserie called Dough that's on Hastings and they're like, "You know what? We'll sell your your croissants to give you a spotlight. So they're just like, it checks so many boxes. It's just like all amazing fair trade coffee. It's local produce. It's like, it's just checks all the hippy dippy East van boxes in my tiny little Grinch heart. So great. Yeah. But if you want a bomb ass sandwich at lunch and a really good coffee and you want to stare out at arguably some of the best people watching, you can see in Grandview park and commercial, like just off commercial drive, then yeah, go check out Ma.
0: Nice. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. That And that's like on the early tip. They just opened.
1: Literally like less than two weeks ago, I think. There you go. You're a um, cool hunter. But um, yeah, I, that was a, a very long answer to your lightning round question. That's okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh-oh, that sound effect means that it's time to throw it hastily towards you.
0: Sure. Uh, I can talk about something. Okay. I finally... Went to Grapes and Soda, oh. one of Vancouver's preeminent cocktail bars and on the 100 best restaurants in Canada list. Oh, wow. Did you know that?
1: No, I don't think so. Well,
0: now, uh, now you do. You do. Congratulations I know about on acquiring that and this new knowledge.
1: Matthew Perry, which I have not stopped thinking about. Rest in power. Yeah.
0: So, Grapes and Soda, you've been before? Yes, once. Once. So now I've been once. We've both been uh, the same
1: amount of times? Yes.
0: We sat at the bar, Lauren and I. A uh, nice date night for with my fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bar is very cute. Their restaurant is very small. It is everything I want in a cool, cozy bar. The cocktails were incredible. Mm-hmm. The guy behind the counter, I mean, it, there's a little bit of show involved. The cocktails are definitely like eye-catching, designed to be sort of a conversation piece. Yeah, okay. The food, though. Give me an example. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, what was the – there was a plane – Pun on the menu. Nice. Some kind of aviation-based drink that I had.
1: Okay. Oh, so you were saying like the menu curation is more like punchy and gimmicky or it's like they come no, out, no. everything comes out smoked or they have a the tiny paper clips. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, clothing pins that hold a sage leaf to the rim of your coop or whatever. Right.
0: So I would say it's more the latter. Okay. Um, but not not untasteful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, not overly gimmicky. Not like a tiki bar or something like that, which of course I love. I would never say anything bad about a tiki bar. Mm-hmm. But... Their cocktails are really really nice. They also obviously do in house soda based cocktails. Famously, there are it's in the name. Mm-hmm. They also do a lot of great natural wines, which I think Lauren had one of. But the food, incredible. We had these fucking bomb ass tomatoes. They did an incredible plate of tomatoes, Jill. Let me tell you about these tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes sourdough that we had that they they just kind of gave us a couple pieces of sourdough to go along with this like tomato base. It was all like heirloom-based tomatoes. Ugh, that, oh God, I love God, heirloom tomatoes. It was tomatoes. so great. If you don't like tomatoes, I don't even know what to say to you right now. But one of the best things I've put in my mouth in a long time. Wink.
1: <laughs> and then
0: we had a couple of the specials as well. We got this hiramasa, which was like a uh, fish head and collar that you kind of scrape all the meat off of the side.
1: It sounds horrifying, but I'm. sure It was, it was kind of horrifying.
0: <laughs> yep, it was horrifying. There was some bonage. Uh, head
1: and scrape was disturbing to me, and then you just threw in bonage. So. Well, um, I know,
0: uh, yeah, I know, you're a bean scientist I am a bean scientist You're not into that kind of thing What
1: you're saying is homophobic to me
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, anyway, all that to say Like, all the food we had was great Uh, Let me just quickly, because it was recent Let me just pull up some photos here Because I'm sure I took
1: some How many cocktails do you guys have?
0: Uh, I believe we had three each, three drinks Nice Kind of where we like to draw the line Let me see here Oh, yeah, and then we also had little bit of uh pasta they did i mean uh, i might not be oka worthy but it's still amazing pasta in its own right what was on it, it just for the who,
1: who can't see the
0: uh uh the it picture? was kind of just like a lemon tajarin
1: what what is tajarin
0: tajarin is like the kind of pasta they make at kisitanto it's like a wider noodle
1: oh yeah it's like a a little skinny fettuccine
0: yeah exactly um and then we also had this a little, little
1: bitty fettuccine
0: yes that's right we also had this duck it's like a duck salad. Mm-hmm. How about that? I'm showing Jill all these photos now. <laughs> yeah, this is great. This is yeah, good fodder good, for the good, listeners. Yeah, for sure. And then um, this wonderful, beautiful cocktail that I took a picture of their embossed ice.
1: Um, what do you think about that, Jill? When you say duck salad... Here's
0: the head and collar. You can't even see it, really. Well, that looks like, delicious, actually. It was. It's like a glazed fish. It's so great. But going back
1: no I just lost it I was trying to I was trying to give the listeners something with these pictures that you're showing
0: okay well here and here's the the tomato and the cocktail
1: it looks great doesn't it yeah
0: is this kind of like what you remember
1: I I only had um, I had three drinks and there were three of us there uh, Alyssa and Kendra took me there for my birthday this year actually so we each had a few cocktails they were all amazing and then we split a big old short board
0: they do have a nice shart. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. But anyway, grapes and soda. Worth the hype, I would say. Uh, yeah. I would definitely go back. I would love to go with you and get um, a live experience and live review from you on what you think of their cocktails and food. And I highly recommend grapes and soda to any cocktail and or food enthusiasts who happen to be over in that area of town.
1: Which is, is the food rotating daily?
0: I don't know about daily, but like Two of the meals we had were specials and the rest of the menu is quite small. So yeah. I think they kind of updated pretty frequently. I
1: feel like both the cocktail and the food menu is like chalkboard, like as in mm. as long as it the. Well, I think some like of the cocktails
0: are. I think some of the some of the flavored soda options they had. I think those were on the chalkboard. Okay. So
1: that makes sense, though.
0: So there you have it. Hmm
1: the uh oh that's what i remember What i was gonna say the duck salad that you showed me uh i feel like is very reminiscent of the beef salad we had at kinkow song which is like heavy on the beef light on the salad right
0: yeah the larb. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah it was i mean oh my god it was so great
1: live action role play <clears throat> larb
0: larb i i got gotcha. you <laughs> uh do you have one more restaurant to uh chat about No. That's it? I think so. That's it of your list? I don't know. I had one more that I wanted to talk about. Okay. If it's okay with you. Of course. And it is Per Se Social Corner. Here's how recently I was there. It was last night. Okay. Uh, I went there for a solo dinner, solo dining for one. We've talked about it a little bit on the Instagram page sometimes, Mm -hmm. we're both big proponents of how nice it can be to take yourself out for a little solo date night. Yeah. So I decided to finally give the burger at Per Se Social Corner a try. Well, first of all, let me back up. You say that. The burger at Per Se Social Corner, which they say is limited availability, they only make a certain amount a okay, night.
1: Okay,
0: $35. So, that's a lot for what some are calling a hamburger and fries.
1: You're talking to somebody who spent $9 on a bottle of water multiple times, so.
0: Yeah, but that's Vegas, you know. Anyway, so I was happy to try it because it had been a long time since I'd had like a fancy burger that wasn't a smash burger. Okay. Because I think smash burgers have become so de Regure. yeah that you can get them in most places now and i love a smash burger don't get me wrong but it's been a while since i've had like that the fancy burger, fancy burg the in-house ground meat that they can cook to order so i ordered it medium rare because i wanted to try it Mm -hmm. think if i were to have it again i might order it medium yeah it was a little bit on the rare side yeah freaks freaks me out a bit does it very american though
1: yeah. yeah, I'm just, it like it tastes it. amazing, but like there's good, always, yeah. there's never a point when I'm eating it where I don't have like a little bit of Canadian panic in the back of my yeah, head. Yeah,
0: I mean it was it was true pink like all the way through. Yeah, uh, and that's why I've been barfing nonstop since we started recording. Yeah, episode.
1: I know, I noticed. But so, that's okay.
0: I think the burger was very, very good. I don't know that it would crack like the top three burgers in the city right now.
1: Okay, which I'm. I was going to ask because it's up there. It's on a lot of best birds. So a lot of people
0: say that. And I wonder if maybe they're getting kind of like talked into the, by the price. Mm. The one thing I will say is, I mean, I really loved the house ground texture. Like it's really like, it's kind of like a loose grind. Disgusting. Yes. Say less. (laughs) Mm, I can't though. It's a food (laughs) podcast. I have to elaborate. (laughs) So it's sort of like, you know, it's not like a, a tight grind. It's Mm. a loose grind. Mm falls apart in your mouth a little yes, bit in a nice okay. way in a mm-hmm. nice way uh the, very meat forward in the texture not overly salty or anything like that but i think there were maybe a little heavy on the like the bacon onion jam
1: okay yeah it's a
0: little too like wet yeah plus the melted cheese you know what i mean yeah uh so it was a fancy slop fest it was a fancy slop mm-hmm. but it was delicious slop yeah i had it with a negroni Amazing time. And then pairing. I was eating at the bar and I made friends with like four other people who were all out on their own Saturday night plans. And we all did a shot of tequila.
1: Oh, that's cute. It was
0: cute. I'm a cute boy. You are. Out in the town. A man about town.
1: Um, okay. Well, I'm glad that you were able to conduct this research for me because I like. I would be
0: I, very curious to know your take on this.
1: So I get, excuse me, I get torn a lot of the time when it comes to ordering bergs at such a venue. Uh, and a great example would be last night I went to the Red Accordion. Right. And they have a great fancy burger. Yes. But burgers are my favorite food. I'm not shy to say it. I mean, obviously McDonald's is my favorite restaurant. As
0: discussed on this podcast. (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. At length. Um, But as like... I'm hesitant to say I'm a burger purist because I did, in fact, have the fancy burger last night. But I have to say... There is always at least a little part of me that was like, I either wish this was a smash burger or I wish I had ordered something else. If I'm at a fancy place, I want maybe something else. Like I want a fancy food.
0: You feel like you kind of like talk yourself into the burger because you love burgers and you want to see the fancy take on the burger. Well, I
1: wanted to be sated. We were going to go to karaoke after I wanted a good base. Um, But also like, I know, I know the burger is good, but then yeah, this thing happened where, like, I bit into it. I'm like, this is really good for a fancy burger. Ah. And it, but, like, I mean, that said, like, back like, I I know that Poor House does smash burgers now as well, but they have, to me, the quintessential fancy burger. If I'm going to have a fancy burg, I would want to go to the Poor House on Happy Hour and get also a discount on a grony with it.
0: Agreed. Uh, uh Poor House, actually, so the the place that, rest in peace, got me into, like, fancy, basically spending more than $20 on a burger was yeah. the Oakwood. Yeah. Back in the day. Okay. The Oakwood used to have a such an amazing did burger. Did we go there? Is that in Kitts? It is in Kitts. Okay. I yeah. don't know if you and I ever went there together. Maybe we did. I think we split a burger there. But yeah, their burger was always amazing. And like it was served with like sprouts, which I always thought was like an interesting choice, but I kind of love. Yeah. Their burger was again, like not a smash burger, kind of like a six or seven ounce patty, fresh ground in house, cooked a little bit medium. Mm-hmm. So I, in some ways, I think Poorhouse, which kind of started doing their burger around the same time has carried that tradition forward really well Mm -hmm. and i kind of compare all other fancy burgers to my original memory of the oakwood burger which is unfair yeah Oakwood's not around anymore they can't even they couldn't serve me that burger if i fair
1: unfair neither have a place it's your truth brian stand in your fancy burger truth i'm here to support you on your thank you mother mashed potato (laughs) petard
0: yes (laughs) Thank you.
1: That was some loose reference to our uh, platform and Blando. It all got mixed in the metaphor there. but I, under, I understand. The baseline here is you like what you like, Brian. And I'm here to support that.
0: That is true. But I, I take your point, though, about like there is something like a smash burger, especially like comparing it to a place like Between Two Buns at The American. By the way, I'm going to The American tomorrow. Nice. That is so satisfying that it's sort of like sometimes a fancy burger. Like they've really got to like... Either do something different and do it exceptionally well for it to be worth the money. Yeah. That being said, like, I think I would get the Per Se burger again. Yeah. I've never eaten any other food there, so I don't know that, like, the rest of their menu – is better than the burger or anything like that
1: not to be too much of a white woman laughing into a salad but they do have a really good goat cheese salad there they have tiny goat cheese balls that they deep fry Ooh, they're really good that does sound my great. favorite salad is deep fried cheese salad <laughs> sure
0: that sounds great
1: <laughs> but i know what you mean like it's well i do and i don't because i i know what you mean in that i agree uh with you in like the fancy versus not. You have this platonic ideal of both in your head. But yeah. I don't... The thing that maybe I converge from you on is price is not even a factor when it comes to burgers. If I was...
0: <laughs> You'd spend 50 bucks. I
1: would spend $100 on a burger. I would go to Ocheval in Chicago and get two burgers. Like... Yeah. I, um, I, mean, the, it,
0: I have had the Ocheval burger at egg and it it's fucking great.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I price isn't a factor when it comes to burgers for me. No. <laughs> um, but Especially it's, not
0: if a couple Negronis have been involved.
1: Th- that is truly a salient point. Um, but I I just, yeah, I think it's just the, the panic of like, I could have had something else.
0: Okay. I think where we're a good place to end this conversation would be let it be resolved mm-hmm. that we go to try fancy burgers more often at, on this podcast. Yes. I think we should do a poorhouse app. Mm-hmm. I think we should do a
1: per se app. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I think you know, we split that burger and then we'll both be able to render a, a final judgment on it.
1: Actually, so I was gonna ask you Live um, we've on we've had Mike. some live on mic, uh, apropos of the horror that was revealing Matthew Perry's untimely drowning death at the beginning of this episode.
0: Peace. Rest in peace.
1: <laughs> um we had some user user feedback. Gross. I just went into corporate mode. We had some yeah. listener feedback come Indeed. in, uh saying we got a lot of um encouragement from our simmer our simmer, our summer sizzling series. Maybe we go back to the roots of battle royale with cheese and we do a round robin fancy burger showdown. I kind of love that idea. It's fancy cozy burger. season. We gotta tuck in. Yeah. We gotta treat ourselves. Yes. Yes. Um, so I guess that then leads me to pose a question to listeners other than Poorhouse and per se social corner. Yeah. Where are the fancy Berg's at right now? Would
0: you put red accordion on the list?
1: Yeah, I'd say that's a fancy burg Okay. I certainly would. Okay. Um, get at us. Yeah. Let us know
0: what fancy burg should we be reviewing? What do you want to hear us talk about? Where do you want us to spend more than $30 on a burger? We'll Cause we'll do we'll it. Do it. <laughs> we will do it. And we would do it even if we didn't have a podcast,
1: not to, to tip our hands too much, but we will like all of them <laughs> because yeah. they are burgers. Well, but, I mean, uh,
0: and that's the other thing is like, and I, when I think about top three burgers in the city, like, I don't know. It was still great. Like I, I exactly. was still a good burger. Like I was totally satisfied by it.
1: I think it'll be very much of the same vein as our, our, our taco burger. Uh, experience that it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, we got tacos five times. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> we came
1: out on top here. We're exactly. the winners
0: of this. We're the real winners. food competition. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, we've talked about a lot of different things tonight. Mm-hmm. We've we've kind of run the gamut mm-hmm. of the food gauntlet. Food,
1: death. We, we covered a lot.
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It's been a... It's been a time and I think it, I think it's nice, you know, now that we're we're solidly into cozy season, into Mm -hmm. cuffing season, Mm -hmm. if you're single out there, good luck. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be nice to kind of wind down this episode by sharing our favorite friends memory. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was going to say when, uh, when we were talking about the, the Russian cake, um, her mom was going on and on about all the ingredients. She's like, well, there's layered cake, there's pudding, there's cookie crumble. And then I was like, the beef sautéed with peas and onions. Uh, I don't know if you remember that episode where Rachel tries to make a trifle. And the, right. the, <laughs> there's also a shepherd's pie recipe that has glued together and she accidentally made a combo of the two things. Mm. So that actually works very well with several themes within the episode. Because That's right. shepherd's pie. Okay. Well, multi-layered desserts and rust and power. Matthew Perry. That's true. You were there for us,
0: and we'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. When uh, Matthew Perry's film career, whole nine yards. <laughs> are you a fan, or the whole nine yards? Did you ever see the whole ten yards?
1: Uh, I didn't see either. I'm more of a fool's rush in when it comes. Wow, to... Wow, what uh, a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, Selma Hayek, uh, Matthew Perry. His real dad played his dad. Really? Yeah. I've He's an actor as well. Didn't know that.
0: I mm-hmm. didn't know Salma Hayek was in that movie. I didn't remember. She's I remember the love interest. Yes. I remember my, I think my mom must have rented that from the video store.
1: I saw moment. it in theaters with my dad.
0: Even better. That's great. <laughs> wow. That was, that must've been his like first movie role, right?
1: Yeah. I yeah. would. Before one of, Whole one Night the Yard, early ones. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Well, I mean, IMDb would tell us, but who are we to look that up now when we're just trying to like pay our respects. Yeah. To a legend. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: We stand a legend.
0: We do. We stand. And Matthew Perry, you are mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't know what to, I don't know what I'm doing It's Okay.
1: Here. Grief takes us weird places.
0: That's right. Uh do you want to get out of here and order some food? Yes, please. Okay. Uh happy Halloween, freaks. <laughs> uh let's end on a <laughs> Let's end on a, a note there. We can acknowledge it's the end of October here. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone's being suitably scared, but not by this podcast. No. Because we're all here for a nice time, except we'll be talking about celebrity death. And
1: timely death. I really would like Happy Halloween Freaks to be our tagline every episode.
0: Okay. Uh, I think that's a great place to end it. Yes. I've been Brian.
1: I'm always Jill. Happy,
0: Happy Halloween, Halloween Freaks. Freaks. Testing. I'm testing the mic. <laughs> Ooh, spooky testing edition. October. I hope you can hear me. <laughs>
1: it's hard to. you so far gone on the other realm.
0: Well, I have been dead for 40 years. <laughs>